Lord, it is such a privilege to open your word, and it is such a privilege to be able to consider what it is that you want to say, what you have said, and what you are even now saying to us um, by the ministry of your Holy Spirit in each of our hearts, and even together as a church, Lord, you are speaking to us as your word is proclaimed. So Lord, give us ears to hear, help us to be awake to it, help us to pay attention. Uh, Lord, I pray that whatever drowsiness or distractions that there are right now, we would, uh, that we, we would turn them off. Um, Lord, that you would give us, uh, like Mary, uh, a heart to sit at your feet and to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you remember what happened on Easter Sunday? Jesus rose from the grave, right? No, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? That, that did, that's true, but and that's not what I'm talking about. Does anybody remember what happened on Easter Sunday at New City? Anybody? Nobody? So after church, we had a meal, and then one of our college students was driving away and made a slightly wrong turn and ended up stuck in the soccer field over here to the side of the church stuck um, in a sports car, stuck in a sports car. Amen? Amen. And so uh, being the good church that we are, we said, we're going to go help this little fella out. We're going to help him out. And so I have a pickup truck. Amen. <laughs> and so I said, let me pull my truck down there and help you help pull you out. I got a, I got a, a tow rope. Let me, let me just hook it up. So I, so I drove down and I tried to stay into the dry area because it was wet. And I hooked it up, we hooked it up, we got it going, it took a minute. Barney and Mike were at work, y'all know what I mean, they were at work, helping us out, telling us what to do, and we did, and we did, we did exactly what they said, and we hooked it up just right. And I started to get in my truck, and I turned it on, and I started to go, and what happened? Those rear wheels just, just right down into the ground. Now we got two people stuck. We got the college student stuck, we got the, the pastor and his truck stuck, and then my dad, because he's, you know, like his son, uh, or am I like him, I'm not sure. Anyway, he comes, he gets his truck, he says, I got a bigger truck, and he does, he has a bigger truck. So he brought his truck, and he's like, I'm going to do it on the side so it won't get stuck. Hooked up the rope, he hooked his rope to my truck, my, my truck was hooked to his car, here we go, what happened? <laughs> now we got three vehicles stuck on the soccer field on Easter Sunday. Can anybody say we need a resurrection? <laughs> yes, we do. Have you ever gotten stuck trying to help somebody? Have you ever gotten stuck uh, trying to help somebody? This is where the Apostle Paul finds himself in our passage today. He is stuck, not in mud, but stuck where? In prison. Why? Because he's trying to help somebody, right? Why? Because he's got a message of redemption. He's got a message of resurrection. He's got a message of hope, and he's preaching it. And because of that, he has enemies, right? Because not everybody likes to hear that they're a sinner, 
Not everybody likes to hear that they have uh, failed in life to the extent that God will not accept them without someone's atoning sacrifice to cover their lives. And, and, And so a lot of people rejected, not only today, but back in the day, people rejected that message of the gospel. And so Paul uh, was, was put into prison. And that's where he is when we find him. And his friends at Philippi in the, uh, in the church, uh, how do you think they feel about it? They're worried, right? They're worried about what's going on with Brother Paul. And so that's where our scripture picks up today. And it was read uh, at the beginning of the service. I want to read it again for us now. Um, Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. I got it bookmarked here. Uh, uh, The Apostle Paul is writing and he says, I want you to know, brothers, and and we should understand brothers there as brothers and sisters. Okay, he's talking to the, the whole church. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the entire imperial guard. And to the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. Notice what he says. They have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. Are much more bold to speak the word without fear. In verse 15. Some indeed... Preach Christ from envy and rivalry. Can you imagine that? But others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of what? Of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me even in my imprisonment. What then? Only... (laughs) Hear this, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, Paul says, in chains, I rejoice. Lord, give us understanding as we approach your word this day in Jesus' name. Isn't this amazing? isn't this amazing that, that Paul is, is in prison and, and he has people out there dissing his ministry? Uh, he, he's got people out there uh, 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 dissing his ministry, putting him down, and, and, and he's just glad that the gospel is going forward. He's just glad. He's in prison. He's being defamed. And, and, and he's just glad that the gospel is advancing. In this passage, we're going to notice that the gospel advances in two surprising ways. The question of the day was, how should we advance the gospel? And so the answer is here in our scripture. It's, it's going to be in two surprising ways, right? It's, it's, it's not just through uh, social media and, you know, what we can do in a worship service, but in some surprising ways. So let's take a look at it. Number one, the gospel advances through setbacks. The gospel advances through setbacks. Verse 12, uh, Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, what's he talking about? 
His imprisonment, right? His suffering, his mistreatment, his, he's, been, he's been falsely accused. It has become, um, he says, I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Because they're sitting back in Philippi thinking, oh man, Paul's in prison. Like, the, the, the ministry's probably stopped. Right? They're worried that, that the message of the gospel that's transformed their lives has, has hit a dead end. And the Apostle Paul says, no, uh, what has really happened, it seemed like it would have, right? It seemed like it would have stopped it. But what he says, what, what really happened was it really advanced the gospel. You see, Paul's circumstances needed to be interpreted. And so do ours. His circumstances needed to be interpreted. Uh, just because he's in prison doesn't mean that all is lost. Uh, just because you've had a setback uh, doesn't mean that the gospel uh, stops advancing, right? Just because your life has hit a struggle and a dead end, it doesn't mean that the gospel has stopped going forward. In fact, in verse 13, he says, it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. Now, where is Paul? Does anybody remember? Rome, right? He's in Rome. And so that's why the imperial guard is who's watching after him. This is the Roman Empire. Okay, think America, but back at the turn of the millennium, the first millennium. Okay, the, the power that America wields in the world, or has at least in the last 50 years, is similar to the power that the Roman Empire wielded back then. And so you could think of this as the military police. Okay, the, the imperial guard. And to all the rest, he says that my imprisonment is for Christ. See, Paul is likely uh, chained between two prison guards. And they rotate. And they rotate. And they rotate. And so Paul has had an opportunity to personally evangelize and speak the gospel to the whole imperial guard. How many people is that? I don't know. But it seems like it's quite a few. He's had the opportunity in chains to speak the truth, to speak of the hope that he has. And how powerful is that? A man in chains who has hope. Tell me about that. Right? Because for some of these imperial guards, I'm sure their marriage felt like some chains at times. I'm sure their job felt like some chains at time. I'm sure their temptations felt like some chains at time. And here's a man who literally is in chains and he has hope. And he has hope in the name of this man who rose from the dead named Jesus. You see, the gospel is a spoken word. It's a spoken word. I want you to think of it that way. It's a spoken word. It's, it's an announcement. You know, we do announcements in church at the beginning, middle of the service. And then that's what I do. I get up here and make an announcement. It's an announcement of what God has done in the gospel. It's an announcement of what Jesus has come to do, to live and die and be raised from the grave for all who trust in him. You see, Paul was sharing his testimony. And what was his testimony? Paul was an enemy of God. Uh, Paul was an enemy who, 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 who went out in a plot to imprison and to eliminate Christians. And it was when he was on the way to do that. He was on the way to, to, to put some Christians in jail when Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. And see, y'all, that's what grace is. Grace is when it breaks into your life in the middle of your mess. Grace is when it breaks into your life in the middle of your sin. Grace is when God breaks into your life when you get caught in something. You get caught in it, and that's God's grace. Why? And it's painful, yes. Grace is painful, y'all. 
It's a salve to wound a soul that knows that it's dead on the inside. Grace is resurrection. The gospel is the announcement. It's a spoken word of that message. And that's why that's what Paul is sharing when he's in chains with these prison guards. He's sharing his story. Hey, 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 I was one of y'all. I was one of y'all and God changed my life. I was you <laughs> just a couple years ago. And God changed my life. God poured his grace into my life. The gospel is a spoken word and the gospel advances through setbacks. When I was in high school, I went on a, a mission trip. Anybody been on a mission trip, either uh, here in the States or overseas? Uh, just a few of you have. And what we were doing is going to serve a missionary and their family. And we were actually building a church for them. We were helping build a church. Um, there were local uh, contractors who were involved, and we were just there to, like, carry bags of concrete, basically, <laughs> and to minister to the missionaries while we were there. And we did some great work that week. And then uh, after the week was over, we were on our way home. And we got to the airport. And the airport in Belize uh, at the time was guarded by uh, men with guns. Okay, it was like Central America. And it was a little scary to go in there. It was small. The, the, the whole airport was probably the size of this gym. And, and, and the room we were in was probably the size of just this sanctuary area right here. We were waiting, and there were probably about 50 other people there waiting, and we found out that our flight was delayed a long time. I can't remember now how long, but I'm thinking it was like 10 or 12 hours that we were going to have to sit in the airport and wait after we've already done a whole week of work, a whole week of serving, pouring ourselves out, and here we are. What have we hit? A setback. But you know what God did in that setback? We're sitting there. And we started mingling, started talking to people, started, you know, people were like, what are y'all doing here? You know, Americans like down in Belize, what are you doing here? You business, you know, they assume you're in business, you know, doing something, make some money. They're like, no, we're just here to serve. Well, why are you here to serve? Because we have a, 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 we have a savior who served us. Right? I mean, essentially. <laughs> and through the course of those hours of being delayed, through the course of those hours being set back, God opened up a door for us to have an impromptu worship service. And we, somebody pulled out a guitar, we, had, we sung, and people joined with us. Uh, somebody preached the gospel, and people were like responding to it in the airport on the way home from the mission trip. The gospel advances through setbacks. We probably did more on the, in the airport than we did the whole week on the mission trip, right? Notice what I said. The gospel advances through setbacks, not in spite of setbacks, but through them. That's important. Your setbacks are designed by God to be an opportunity for you and me to advance the word of the gospel. The bad thing is actually good. And that is if we take the opportunity, right? If we take the opportunity, as Paul did, to speak the word of our hope, to speak it. The gospel is a spoken word. The gospel is an announcement. The gospel advances through setbacks. Anybody have any setbacks 
All right, listen. The gospel advances through the setbacks. Not in spite of them, through them. Okay, we're going to get to more. We're going to talk application in a minute. Number two, okay, that was the first point. The second point is this. The gospel advances through setbacks. The gospel advances through sinners. Look at verse 15. It says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then, Paul writes, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. The gospel advances through sinners. We don't know exactly what was going on in Rome, but we know, at least from these words, that Paul was dealing with some kind of rivalry within the church, within the Christian community in Rome. They seem to be mocking him for getting himself thrown into prison. They seem to be afflicting him in some way that he got himself thrown in prison. You know, Paul, why can't you preach the gospel like us? We're we're out here good. Like, the Romans aren't putting us in prison. What's up, what's up with you, Paul? <laughs> you know? And why are they doing that? He tells us why. Selfish ambition. See, ministry can become uh, your identity. Speaking the gospel truth can become something that gives you influence. On social media, on your Instagram, it can give you influence to be speaking the truth, right? Uh, or, I mean, being up, being up here in, in a church can, can give you influence that can get into your soul, and it can start to make you uh, think that you're something, uh, something that, 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 you know, God ought to be happy to have. Some people like the crowd and the celebrity, in the church. Thankfully, this doesn't happen today. Look at what he says, verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ, right? He, he, knows, he knows they know, right? He knows they know. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and robbery, but others from goodwill. See, see here's the thing. God uses sinners to do his work. God uses sinners to do his work. The gospel advances through sinners. And who is that? Raise your hand. <laughs> Amen. God uses sinners to do his work. No exceptions. Sometimes we have good motives. Sometimes we do it out of goodwill, right? I mean, God, God, has, God gives us grace, right? Sometimes we do it out of good motives. Sometimes we do it out of goodwill. But often it is out of selfish ambition and envy or some other reason. Because we are all sinners. And Paul knows that he has not always had the right motives. Paul knows that he himself in his ministry has not always had the right motives. He's not so much worried about the messenger, y'all. This is important. He's not so much worried about the messenger. It's the message that matters. These rivals are speaking the gospel 
correctly. The message is right. The messenger is whack. And Paul says it's the, it's the, the message that really matters. Why? Because it's the message that transforms hearts. It's the message that transforms lives. And, and look, the message can come from the, from the most rotten sinner. But if the message is real, if the message is right, it can transform hearts. What does Paul say in verse 18? He says, what then? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do here? Right, what then? He says, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. <laughs> and he says, in that I rejoice. <laughs> in, not that they're doing it the right way. All right, we, we get hung up a lot of times on what well, that church over there, they, they ain't doing it the right way. Oh, that ministry over there, they're not doing it the right way. That family over there, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not doing it the right way. That is not really the issue. Now, doing things the right way, that's okay. It doesn't mean we should go out and try to do the wrong thing, right? But what's important? The message of the gospel. Are we proclaiming Christ and him crucified? Are we proclaiming Christ risen from the dead? Are we proclaiming uh, salvation from sin? Are we proclaiming resurrection? Do we have the message right? Because look, the messenger is always wrong. I mean, I'm up here today, and there's something wrong with what I'm going to say. There's something wrong. My motives are not perfect up here today. They're not. I can tell you they're not. Because I know my heart. And I know my motives are not perfect up here. Okay? But the message is what matters. Let me give you some examples. And I love this quote. I've heard it for years and years. God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. Have y'all heard that? God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. That's good. Think about Peter, right? Think about Paul. Okay, two biblical examples. One uh, was, was out there murdering Christians. The other one was denying the Lord uh, to a little girl. Come on, Peter, right? We do the same thing. We don't even want to talk to our neighbor about Jesus. I'll give you another example. In the Reformation, you know, Martin Luther preached the gospel. But he has some personal practices that were not exactly godly. John Calvin, Harriet Tubman, she'd be the first to tell you she was messed up. But she trusted her Lord. Jonathan Edwards, a slaveholder, right? But preached the gospel. We, we had a discussion yesterday about the history of Christianity uh, with Jerome, and we we're discussing a book, and one of the points that, we, that was made is that some, a lot of times people dismiss Christianity because of the messenger, right? And so it's not that that's not important. It is important, but it's not as important as the message, because you can be all put together. Listen, you can be all put together and be preaching something that's not the gospel, you can have a nice suit, right? You can have a big ministry. But if you're not preaching the gospel, then we don't rejoice. We grieve over that. I don't care how many lives are affected. If you're not preaching the good news of Jesus, then it's, then it's not worth anything in the end. And this is, y'all, this is good news for us that God advances the gospel through sinners because that's us. 
That's us. The gospel advances through sinners, through setbacks. So what does that mean for us today? Three quick takeaways. The first one is this. Okay, the gospel advances through setbacks and through sinners. So that means we need to take advantage of every opportunity. That means we need to pay attention when we're sitting at the airport and we got a long delay. Who did God put next to you in that seat next to you? Tell me about your, um, tell me about your family. <laughs> I don't know. Get into it. What do you think about? You know anything about Jesus? You ever heard about the Bible? Get into the conversation. Lead them to the gospel message. The hope that we have, not in self-improvement, uh, right, but in a Savior. How do we do that? Let's talk about it at House Church. You guys, a little bit, talk about that tonight. All right, I'm not going to be there, so I'm going to pass that off. Number two, number one, take advantage of every opportunity, right? Pay attention. Oh, and interpret your circumstances. If you find yourself in prison, I hope you're not going to find yourself in prison. If you find yourself in a situation like that, interpret your situation through God's eyes and not just through your eyes. Okay, that was number one. Take advantage of every opportunity. Number two, don't wait until you have pure motives. Don't wait until you have pure motives. Don't wait until you've got your life together. Because what does God say? He uses sinners to spread his message of grace. And you know what's perfect about that? We're sinners who need God's grace. That's what's good about it. That's why God does it. Right? Because if somebody comes out here all like, like a Pharisee, like I got my life together, why don't you have your life together? There's no grace in that. There's no hope in that. There's no, you know, come on, man, come to, come to the church. We're going to have a, a big time. There's no gospel in that. The gospel is one beggar leading another beggar to the place where he can get some food. Right? The gospel is a sinner bringing the message of salvation to another sinner who needs it. Amen? So don't wait until you have pure motives. I, and I'm preaching this to myself. Because so often we want to say, well, I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to, you know, like they know my life's not all together. And, and what are they going to think because my life's not all together? What's the point of the gospel, y'all, that your life is together? No, you have an amazing Savior. Right? So don't wait till you get your motives straightened out. Don't wait until you got something to, to, to demonstrate it. All you need has already been demonstrated, y'all. It's already been demonstrated. He came, he lived, he died, he rose from the grave. Thousands of people saw him rise from the grave. I'm here today. I'm going to go to a funeral tomorrow, and I'm going to say Jesus is alive, and Grandmama's is going to be alive someday. That's basically my funeral sermon <laughs> tomorrow. And they only gave me five minutes, so it is going to be quick. Take advantage of every opportunity. Don't wait until you have pure motives. Please. Look at, look at Paul's example. He, it gave them boldness, right? He's in prison, and the church out there, the brothers and sisters, they're out there bold to proclaim the gospel, to do the spoken word of Jesus. Why? Because he's in prison, and he's doing it. <laughs> and it, Wow. So let, let be encouraged. Don't wait until you, you know, don't have chains. Don't wait until you got it all together. Number three, focus on the message. Focus on the message. Not on the messenger. You know, the Apostle Paul in another place, he says, we do not preach ourselves. It's so easy to say, hey, do what I do. 
And in one sense, we do want people to follow our example, our godly example. That's true. But we do not preach ourselves as the Savior. We focus on the message about the Savior. Right? We're always pointing to Jesus. All eyes on him. All eyes on Jesus. That's what we're doing. That's what the church is. That's what our lives are called to be. Focus on the message. Focus on the spoken word. Focus on the gospel. See, God will bring the change as people believe. You can't force the change. Can we go back to Easter Sunday real quick? We're trying to force change. We're out there trying to be the Savior. Oh, let me help you out of that ditch. Let me put my truck. My truck's big. <laughs> right? I'm a papaw. <laughs> Hopefully he's not listening today. Right? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and what does God allow to happen? A setback. Right? We stuck. And you stuck. And you stuck. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about that tow, that tow truck. <laughs> it's about that tow truck that had to come and had to, had to run that cord all the way down there and, 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 and grab hold of us and pull all three of us out of the mud. See, we had to have help from outside. That's the gospel. We had to have help from outside. We had to have, we had to have a tow truck come in and, and give us life because we were dead in our sin we were dead in our rebellion we couldn't love nobody we had a hard time loving ourselves and God gives us his grace and he gives us a savior who we put our trust in him and that means that when you put your trust in him you get connected with him uh, we have union with Christ what does that mean it means everything that he has is ours now his victory that's our victory his goodness, his love, that's our love. Everything that he did, overcoming sin, every temptation, that's me. Why? Because I'm in Christ. That's you. Why? Because you're in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, you need to get in Christ. If you're not in Christ, there is an opportunity today to put your trust in him. Put your trust in him today. Receive his mercy. Stop trying to get yourself out the ditch. Call the tow truck. Jesus. Let's, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your gospel message. Lord, we thank you for the word. Thank you for this situation that you allowed the Apostle Paul to go through. This setback. These sinners, himself included. Lord, thank you that uh, his eyes were fixed on you. And that through his proclamation, we even have this message today. We have this hope. We have this hope that goes beyond the grave, that goes to eternal life. The hope of life abundant. Lord, of lives transformed. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you would help us to take advantage of every opportunity. Lord, help us to... Be bold to not wait until we think we've got it together or have the pure motives. 
And Lord, help us to focus on the message that we have in the gospel and not on ourselves, not preaching ourselves, but preaching the word, speaking the spoken word of the gospel. Help us with all of those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.